G'day everybody and welcome to the Punters Preamble Remixed once again. My name is Jake Altieri and joining me as he did last week and as he does every week for the Saturday Multi, Ethan Perry, the dispenser. Good to have you back, mate. Hello again, pleasure to be here again. Good week last week on your front, your best bet in Adelaide got up. Our preview of the King of the Mountain, not so much. Mass destruction, nowhere to be seen there at the finish. Uh, it's a little too far back there and had too much, way too much to do when they straightened. But um, your tipper went all right there. I think he ran into third. Yeah, finished third. I'm not sure if he ticked the 1,200 metre box, but um, no. he was there when the race was there to be won. Looked a good night. Did you catch much of the action from the uh, broadcast? No, mate. Unfortunately, I didn't see too much of it. I was um, enjoying myself probably a little bit too much up in Wollongong. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you would have seen too much outside of the broadcast anyway either, would you? No, not at all. That's right. From what I gathered, anyway, I had a quiet night in. Looked pretty good night up there, apart from that one, uh, we'll call him douchebag, throwing a beer onto the track in the running of the race. But oh, no. apart from that, it looked a good night up there. And from all reports, it's going to be bigger and better in the years to come, so I've heard. I've got no doubt about that at all. The Queenslanders always do a pretty good job of it. This is the last week we'll step in prior to Simon Dinopoulos and Adam Blanco being back next week with the Magic Millions Classic and three-year-old guineas and all the good races on next week at the Gold Coast. But of course, plenty of key lead-ups this Saturday for Tab Wave Day. And this meeting is usually a pretty good guide to the two-year-old Classic. Yeah, mate. No, there's a few... Um Interesting races in, on this card for sure, and um, I'm looking forward to getting into it and grabbing your thoughts on a couple of them. Um, where would you like to start for this one? Well, well, we'll start at the beginning, I guess. In uh, We'll go to race two where where the two-year-old classic sort of hedges its bets, I guess you could say. With these lead-ups, it's um, been quite useful in the past sort of 10 years for these horses on the quick backup into the two-year-old classic next week. So I've gone through, I've done done me done a bit of research around here and so in the last 10 years we've had 2021 winner of the classic Shaquiro he was beaten a quarter of a length here in the week prior he then went on to win the millions beat finance tycoon turned the tables on him 2019 exhilarates one in the week before by length and a bit and then 2018 sunlight won by four and a half went on to win the magic millions 2017 Hootson won the week before went on to win the millions 2015 Le Chef one by a length and then went on to win the millions again. And 2013, real surreal, one by three and a half or three and a bit and went on to win the Magic Millions as well. So with those sort of stats, everybody understands that uh, the gold nugget and the gold pearl can be a bit of a guide heading into the Magic Millions two-year-old classic. But I'm assuming that also means they'll end up a bit short in the market, Pez. Yeah, for sure, mate. I, I personally didn't have a real hold on this race. Um, obviously, there's two favourites there, Quasimodo. He was um he was huge in, at Wong in the two year old classic behind Sovereign Fun, but he went around fifties that day, and now you're taking under three dollars. You know that's uh I felt like I'm getting cheat, a little bit cheated there. I can't really um, persuade myself to get involved there. And the joint favourite there is Royal Entrance gets J Mac aboard from the inside gate. Um, I don't know what to ma- what to make of what he beat though. I think that was at Warwick Farm, I believe. Um, yeah, not too sure what he beat there. The one that I could get involved in would be Chrysaor. He'd probably be the most attractive option there. He's got Queen, Queensland's Lady Man, Jimmy Orman aboard at the five fifty quote compared to the uh, two dollar eighty, I believe the joint favourites are. So um, yeah, Chrysaor gets a blinker supplied first time should help sharpen him up a little bit. And five fifty, there, yeah, I think there's a bet there. Are we still calling him 
Face of the Carnival, Jimmy Orman. Jimmy Orman, I, I don't see why not. He just never fails, does he? Friend of the show, Face of the Carnival, Jack of all trades, Leading Jimmy man. Orman. Yeah, this was an interesting race, I thought, as well. I couldn't really get past the two favourites, but it was definitely a race there I'd be happy to dodge from a betting perspective. Quasimodo was huge at Wyong, absolutely enormous. But like you said, 50s that day. And unfortunately, I'm off Karen McAvoy as off as... I'm as off Karen McAvoy as you could be off someone. <sighs> Realistically, you butchered my horse that I owned a couple of weeks back and ever since I haven't forgiven him. So... If, if I um, remember correctly, Karen won the uh, Pendrith. Did he win the Pendrith? No, he won the... No, he won the uh, Morikawa, Morikawa, I'm pretty sure. So he's uh, gem of a rides. And unfortunately, I think they're a bit few and far between, but... For the connections of Quasimodo and Clint Lundholm, I'll be hoping for their sake that he brings out a gem come Saturday. But I think you're right as well with Royal Entrance. I think it might be more of a believe-your-eyes sort of win there at Warwick Farm. He looked gone with 100 to go and somehow, some way, decided to kick back and win by a nostril. J-Mac goes on. He does sort of look the only real pace influence in the race. And obviously with Gay and Adrian, they'll be pretty keen to hold that lead. So... For me, as I said, not really a betting race, but I assume that if they're going to lean one way in the market, it'll probably be towards J-Mac and Gay and Adrian. Yeah, for sure, mate. Like you said, probably won't get involved personally through a betting perspective, but it should no doubt be an um, intriguing contest and a good race nevertheless. And I personally don't really see the two-year-old winner coming from that race. From I the, think... From the Nugget? No, not from the Nugget. I reckon... What was that race they had there in Sydney the other week? Empire of Japan... Platinum Jubilee, Godfather, I think that's the race to be following heading in towards the Classic, but we won't uh, step on the heels of that too much because I'm sure the boys will touch on that next week. Head to the Phillies, I guess, lead up for for the Classic and Skirt of Law coming out leaves a big, big hole in this market. It would have been really interesting to see her go around and hopefully be tested, but Barry 15, I guess, Tony's decided to scratch even after that brilliant trial recently. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, that, that's disappointing. That's good. The law's coming out there. But that's forced our hand pretty much, I think, into XL Dior. I think you're pretty – you're on the same boat as me here. Um, pretty handy in her first two efforts. And she should peak third up, that's for sure, with uh, both Loy and Niche in pretty good touch of late. Uh, just look, going off those replays, it looks like she should be pretty tough to hold out. Yeah, the, through the BJ McLaughlin stakes – She's currently $2.25. I think that's probably the way you got to go here. There is a lot of pace drawn inside of her. I think, yeah, from barrier 10, hopefully she'll just be able to slot in behind him with plenty of pace drawn inside her. And I think she'll be too good, especially on the weight-adjusted figures we work with. She just looks far and away the best horse in this race. So if you're keen to play in the two-year-old features on Saturday, definitely in the Phillies, the Gold Pearl and XL Dior. XL Dior, is that what we're running with? XL Dior looks the one for Brody Loy and Annabelle Nation. The next race that we thought was relatively interesting come Saturday was the dubious first year yearlings three-year-old handicap, race number five. Busting is the current favourite, barrier one, Kyle Wilson-Taylor and Tony Gollan, $2.60. But Jun Quira for John O'Shea, James McDonald, barrier four, $2.80. I'm surprised to see that that's the case at this time. Yeah, again, I don't really have a hold on this race. I know that you're keen on John Quira, and you think that uh, he'll probably jump as favourite. J- I mean, J-Mac aboard, barrier four, a lot of your ticks there, isn't there? Adam Blanco, ultimate box ticker, he'd love the sound of that. Um, yeah, mate, 
you're keen to play here? A little bit, yeah. So doing a bit of form heading into the the studio. Busting's two for two, obviously, and rates higher than Jun Quira right now, but not by a whole lot. And Jun Quira returned a peak rating first up when, I don't want to say it, but butchered by J-Mac. But probably to instructions, she drew wide, had to go back and rounded the field off a slow tempo. It was a 14-pound markup. And even with that, if you watch the replay, she sort of looked to peak the last sort of 100 or 50. So barrier four, expecting her to sit a lot closer this time around. And I guess it's like the gold nugget where you sort of expect the market to lean towards or the punters to lean towards McDonald and O'Shea off an inside draw. Yeah, come race time, that's for sure. The other little niggle on busting is that he's coming out of benchmark 65 grade at the Sunshine Coast. Not the ideal form, I would guess, for a race of this calibre, especially when Jun Queer is coming from a midweek 72. Barrier 1 does get all the favours, but I think Jun Queer here... I'm pretty happy to play her, even though she's relatively short in the market. I'd be hitting her sooner rather than later because everyone knows the J-Mac tax. And I think uh, on the Gold Coast, where people probably wouldn't have, or the regular punter wouldn't have much of an idea what's going on to, they're going to lean towards people they know or people they feel comfortable with. And uh, with most punters, it's James McDonald. Yeah, I feel pretty comfortable with J-Mac. Probably one of the more interesting Races on the card is race six. The three and four-year-old Rising Stars, Phillies and Mares played. It's a class four over the 1,300 metres. This is a very, very interesting race. And I guess it all revolves around Olentia, who is most likely heading towards the Guineas next week, but will need to win to get into the field. Currently $1.75. And probably rightfully so, she's absolutely spanked her opponents in her first two starts. She's obviously a class two horse right up in grade against the class four mares. But with that weight swing and upside, I guess everyone's very, very happy to be with her. Alentia, I guess this race revolves all around her, but Bella Rouge, given none. Her last couple of starts in Sydney, Barrier One, James McDonald, Chris Waller, Big Boy Roy Colors. They love the Gold Coast. They're here to win. Did you have a lean? Yeah, mate, I did have a lean, and um, it is towards the former, Alentia. I know that Adam Blanco was super, super keen on this um, filly after her last start romping when she trotted in by over four lengths, I think it was, and just under five. Um, I know it's $1.75, and you probably can't get too involved in that straight out, but um, it's definitely one for the multis, for the multiplayers, and probably you go one or two out in the quad. Yeah, Alentia for me. Uh, Bella Rouge, obviously, given none last start, as you mentioned. We, she'll be there about, for sure, going off those figures. and um, But, yeah, I don't see Alentia getting beaten. Do you think she'd be half a chance? If she wins this week, do you think she's half a chance in the Guineas next week? Possibly. Or are you wait and see how the numbers come out, I, sort of, man? I think so. I think I'd like sitting on the fence with Adam. But, um, I mean, $1.75 this week in this race. You'd think she'd have to be a chance, wouldn't you? Well, you'd hope so at $1.75. She's more than a chance. In terms of the guineas. Oh, in terms of the guineas. Well, let's get this market up now. Let's have a squeeze. What is she now? So she's $7 second pick. currently. Equal second pick. She wins. She'd almost jump favourite, I reckon. Just recency bias, are we saying? 
Maybe. Well, she'd be like right in line at the Russian conquest. And I guess then I'm with you, depending on which number it spits out, which way I go, and the weather as well. Russian, Russian conquest can't go in the wet. Hell, hell I am was pretty poor last start at Wild, I believe. Yeah, disappointing. Back to that day. Not getting my money back, that's for sure. Gosford, it might have been, sorry. Yeah, it was Gosford. It was Gosford, in the Gosford yeah. Guineas. Good at Wyong. Pretty poor at Gosford. Yeah, great first up. So, Dispenser, what you're telling me is $1.75 short, but if you've got those uh, power plays and bet boosts, we're loading up, Alentia. Yeah, give it a roll of the dice and let's see what pops out. Guess it's time to uh, move on to the feature of the day, the tab wave, 1,800 metres, and unfortunately I have absolutely no idea astute podcasting i have no i have no idea what to think at first glance i thought thalassophile and naval seal and then i've seen that they're both in the emergencies and listed without jockeys and from that point on i just went where do i go and i landed on deficit and then thought well no it had every chance last start and i'm still in the dark that's fair enough gun because I'm on a similar pathway here. and But just looking purely off our ratings and our numbers, I think deficit does look the bet at $6. Uh, 1,800 minutes last start, stuck on, I mean, game enough. Behind what? I'm not too sure. But, you know, we like to follow the Sydney form when they go up to Queensland, don't we? And, um, yeah, I mean, it usually stacks up pretty well, Sydney form. And off the numbers, she's definitely a bet. Uh, the fave Ashgrove. Looks as though he'll definitely eat up 1,800, to be fair. He, um, he romped in last start over 16, I believe it was. But once again, tricky to know what he actually beat and whether our eyes were deceiving us. Because off the numbers, she's, he's thereabouts. But um, yeah, purely numbers. I'm with deficit $6, $6 worth of gamble, I think. The one thing I have against deficit is beat my horse in said race earlier where I've brought up a real disliking for Karen McAvoy. That race at Randwick sort of slowly run through the middle stages and judging by the sectionals, he did have every chance and I think I would have liked to have seen him a bit stronger at the finish. Uh, Touristic behind him ran the fastest 6-4-2 of the race and he was sort of stalking the speed there for Benny Mellum and I'm not sure Brenton Avdol is a positive jockey change. I'd say it's sort of similar and I think he's going to get the same run and I'm not sure if he's facing slower horses. Oh, I just look at, I'm just looking at the numbers again and um, it's, it's form, this prep. Gerald Ryan, Sterling Alexu, flying. Uh, Brenton Abdallah, I know that's a bit of, I don't know what to make of that jockey change there from Benny Mellon. But what's that? Fifth up now. Stuck on game enough. Oh, I'm not putting a pen through that for sure. Oh, I think, yeah, it's definitely worth about $6. I mean, he's definitely fit enough. That's for sure. I just question whether he's good enough, but I guess that's this whole race in general, really. As I said, I couldn't get a grip on anything. And the way that I'm looking at things more than anything is how interesting head of state is coming here off a 100-day or 99-day fresh and blinkers first time. Do you see his trial? No, I haven't. I haven't caught the trial yet. Fantastic. Really? Uh, had blinkers on in the trial Hit the line really, really well. It was only 11.75 on the Warwick Farm Polly, but there's plenty to like about it. He's got so many issues, so many issues, which makes him so hard to back. But I guess he's just got to trust the stable, trust the jock, J-Max back on. And I mean, he's a gloaming winner. It's not as though he won't stay the trip. American Pharaoh, he'll stay, should sit closer. He's awful, 
awful down in Melbourne. Hopefully back Sydney way of going can bring something out of him, but honestly, I cannot get a read on anything in this race, as I keep saying. But if there's one thing that intrigues me, it's how good head of state is going. There is plenty of positives there, isn't there, mate? J-Mac, five starts, two wins aboard, one from one over the distance, should be dry up there, two from five. Mate, I'm looking at a lot of green there um, on our form lines. So, yeah, what price you say? 15s? Uh, at the time of recording, yeah, he's currently $15, as we bring it up here, yeah, $15 and $4.40. Yeah, I think he just creates a lot of interest from me anyway. Probably not anybody else. He might not even be that horse that he was when he won the gloaming anymore, of course, as I said. So many issues with him, but if he can get back to half of what he was as a three-year-old, I think he's not without a chance in the tab wave. You've made a case. You've made a case. Now, other bets on the card. You've come up with one in race seven. Yeah, race seven, the Rising Stars, three and four-year-old Colt Skelding and Entires. I'm, uh, I've landed on R&T here, and I think he's definitely worth about $6. Have you mentioned him before as a bet? Possibly. Previously? He, he could have popped up in the Saturday multi. I've got no doubt about that. And I think he's pretty talented, to be honest with you. If you go back and look at his last start win... He was given absolute none. He's boxed away in the middle of a massive traffic log and uh, only got out in the last 100 and savaged the line to score. Never in doubt at the end, really. (laughs) But um, (laughs) he'll go back from the gate. There's no doubt about that. Just uh, drawn 13, carrying aboard. So he goes back there. Um, I think there'll be a bit of pace pace engaged. I was looking a bit earlier. So that'll suit him down the ground. And um, $6... I believe Zovers. Like I said, bit of an opinion on him. think he's pretty smart. He'll be charging late. He's too good not to be charging late and getting involved. For me in that race, I am lethal. We've backed him oh. on a number of occasions previously. Are you not going back to the well? Mate, I can't, can no chance going back to the well with I am lethal. I've given, donated too much money towards that horse for no results. And Johnny O'Shea, love the man, but I won't be going back. No, he's stolen a lot of money out of the RNS office, that's for sure. One that I'm keen on very, very early in the day in the first, in fact. We're given a little heads up for this one by Simo Donopoulos. Anthony and Sam Friedman trained Bel Air, number five. Barry three, Ben Mellum. Unfortunately, Anthony and Sam Friedman are going terribly of late, but what a way to turn the tide heading into Magic Millions Week where they can spend a few bucks and buy a few more horses if he wins come Saturday afternoon. That run at the lakeside, it was almost ridden like he was the best horse in the race and was, and I mean, he nearly got the job done. He was only chin late and he fought on very, very hard there. His recent trial at Rose Hill was fantastic. Blinkers that go back on, Benny Mellum sticks down two kilos, and I think the form from last campaign holds him in good stead too. Finished behind Aft Cabin on the lakeside, on the hillside. So, yeah, pretty keen to play Bel Air in the first, currently around that $3 mark. But, um, yeah, that's where we'll make our money and we'll back the rest of those throughout the afternoon. Yeah, again, that one sounds like it could be a bit of a spoiler for the uh, Saturday Moldy boys. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Simo Donopoulos, very keen, a bit bullish, all but declared it. And, um, 
yeah, you, what you failed to mention there, Benny Malm is in pretty good touch of late. I think he's striking around 20% last 50 and 350 rods. Um, and like you mentioned, got given none first up, sat wide the journey and still fought on pretty gamely, only getting, like you said, chinned over the last, you know, 10 metres, 20 metres. He was passed and then he like came again and really fought to the line. So strips fit a second up and as I said, the trial, brilliant. And what you glazed over there, you said beaten only two lengths by Boogie Dancer and second to half cabin, which is uh, pretty handy form lines there. So if he holds the form from last start and the, the preparation before, very hard to beat. Well, that'll wrap us all up for the wave day on the Gold Coast this Saturday. The dispenser, thanks for joining me. And as we said last week, we thought that was going to be our last time behind the mics. But uh, got the call up again this week, Magic Millions Day next Saturday. Looking forward to being up on the Gold Coast, actually, for the debut, most importantly. The best race on the card, in my opinion. No personal interest whatsoever. But the boys will be back and hopefully getting the X Factor. Nathan X will be in on the podcast as well. So plenty of racing to come heading into Magic Millions and the Autumn Carnival. And we'll be back next week.